Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning, good morning, last day of May. Somebody just said before we went on the air, where'd May go? Boy, where did May go? Time's flying when you're having fun, uh, boys and girls. I want to thank all of you again for letting me uh, do two shows at once yesterday, the Brideon show and and uh, this one, and it just uh, took a little bit of relief off. It gave me some boat time yesterday with my grandchildren, which is which was wonderful. We went to the uh, uh, Memorial Day Parade here in Little Hebron. It's wonderful. I wonder how many communities out there still have Memorial Day parades and really even understand what the Memorial Day parade is all about. I'm going to talk about that here in a second. And I got a, uh, I got a lot I want to dump out here real quickly, but I want to, I'm going to let Myra, I'm going to let Myra pray us in before I get going here. So Myra, you're up here top of the show, dear. Um, yes. Good morning, coach. Thank morning, you. Dear. It will be yep. my pressure. Okay. Um, so we're going to read from Psalm 33, 12 to tw- uh, 22. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, Lord. and the people whom have chosen his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven. He beholdeth all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation, he looketh upon the inhabitants of the earth. He fashioned his hearts alike. He considered all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host, and mighty man is not delivered by much strength. And horse is in vain, through a safety neither shall be delivered, and by his great strength. So, Jesus, you are welcome to Coach Dave Heidel, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I went to the, <clears throat> I went to the Hebron. Um, prayed yesterday. A couple things. Let, let, let me lay this out for you here, just so you kind of get a feel for what's going on. I got a, I got, I said before the show started, got, I, I don't know what kind of spirit I got on me today. I got a war hat on and I wore this yesterday. I wore this specifically. I, 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 I was going to go to this parade in my small town and I said, uh, uh, Michelle put on her nice little red, white, and blue stuff and the grandkids were all dressed and it's important. Oh my goodness. Lord, let me get into that. Uh, our grandkids don't have, they have no understanding of, of the history. No understanding. Found that out again yesterday. But anyway, I said, uh, I was looking for some kind of, um, you know, nice little shirt to put on. And this one popped right out of my drawer. And I thought, well, I'm going to wear that one. I think it's time to be a little bit more in your face as if I'm not already there, right? And of course, I don't know who knows me and who knows what I do. And I'm a hometown boy. I've been going to those, I've been going to those Hebron parades for, well, I'm, I'll be 70 years old. I've been going to him forever. And uh, so I wore this shirt yesterday, and Jesus said, if you don't have an AR, sell your coat and buy one. And I figured they were going to run me out of town. I was ready for it. You know, just the opposite happened. I had people come up to me. A lady came up to me. She says, I love your shirt. No, I really love your shirt. Lord, what's going on here? What's what's going on? And I, I begin to reminisce a little bit about my own childhood when I grew up in the and the importance of the Hebron Memorial Day Parade. I, I remember the day when every in, in Hebron we had our own little league team. This was before girls sports, we had our own little league team, a league league. We had like six or seven different teams in the league. I don't remember how I can tell you who they. I could still rattle them off Fitch's grocery structure light. I mean, I, I could run down the names of them, right? And every one of those little league teams marched in the Memorial Day Parade. 
every one of them in uniform with their hats on, with their coaches. They all marched in the Memorial Day Parade. People made floats. Uh, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? This is, a, this is Americana 1960s. Americana 1950s. This is the way it was. This was what Americana and patriotism was all about. And uh, we got there early, wearing my hat. My, my grandkids dressed to, the, dressed to the hill. Throw that picture up there, Davey. Throw the picture up there, Davey. And after, after it was over, uh, after the ceremony was over, they had three, three guns stacked against each other and an actual army helmet laying on top of it. And I grabbed that helmet off of that and I put it on top of Dave and he immediately saluted it as I'd just shown him how to do it. And I thought, oh my God, what are we leaving to him? What are we leaving to him? And I thought about reminiscing. I, I took them, took my grandkids and I walked them through the cemeteries and the little American flags stuck in those little holders that they have of all the veterans and I was amazed, number one, of how there really weren't a lot of veterans. Remember, folks, remember everybody got drafted, everybody served, everybody had some skin in the game. Remember that? And I took my grandkids around. I pointed out this guy. Look when he died. He died in, my goodness, he was in, he fought in the World War I, and this man fought in World War II. And look here, this man fought in the Civil War. And you know what the Civil War was, and they were just, they were just eating it up, going from cemetery to, to stone to stone to stone to stone to stone. And, <clears throat> and I thought, uh, you know, one of the problems really in our, in our lifetime, thank you. And I took, took <laughs> this is, I don't know where you got that picture. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's in the cemetery there in Hebron. And David said to me, Grampy, what's that? What, what, are those, what are those emblems on there? I took him over and I said, oh, Davey, that one's the, Army. And you know what the Army does? Explain to him what the Army does. And the next one, Davy, that's the Navy. You know what the Navy does and why we have the Navy? And I took him to the next one. That's the Marines. You know what the Marines do, Dave? And then I took him to the next one. That's the Coast Guard. You know what the Coast Guard does, Dave? Do you know what the, what the Coast Guard does? What they guard in that last one? You know what that is, David? That's the Air Force. You know what the Air Force does? And do you know that this all is the military? When you hear somebody talking about serving in the military, they could have been in this one or this one or this one or this one. Or this. They could have been all in all of those. And it was a history lesson like he would have never, ever gotten. And that picture that's on the screen right now, I sent that to, to my daughter, to Abby, the picture of David. And she said, I know he's been showing off his salute all day. See, if you don't have anything to fight for, what do you have to live for? If you have nothing to fight for, Amen. What do you have to live for? Boom. And That's right, I, was, I was, I was, I'm sorry, Mark. I was, I was reminded of of the wars that we fought in my lifetime. In my lifetime, now, you know, again, I missed, uh, I was born 52, so the WW2 ended in 45, at least they told us it did. And we went into the Korean War. And from, from the Korean War on, we never really were fighting, ever fighting a war. Men were not fighting and dying for America. They were fighting and dying for other countries, ever since Korea. And I thought about the Gulf War and the Gulf War soldiers and Vietnam and I mean, if you ask a guy today, what were we fighting for in Vietnam? He couldn't tell you. What were we fighting for? What were we fighting for in, in Korea? And they tell us for, for liberty and freedom around the world. And here we are again. We're in the Ukraine today. And we ask people, what are we fighting for? What are we fighting for? And we can't, we don't even have a, we don't even know. We don't even know what we're fighting for anymore. And so I did a little bit of, of a reminiscing, a little bit of trip down memory lane yesterday. Walking through that cemetery, the reality, hey, a lot of dead folk. <laughs> a lot of dead folk. You know what happens at the end of your life? Hey, boys and girls, it's just digits. It's just digits on a rock. 
And some of those rocks are so woven, so worn that you have to go get a, 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 a what do they call it, razor blade, a razor knife and scrape them off so you can even really read what date they lived and died. Life's a vapor. It's here and then it's gone. If you don't have anything to die for, you got nothing to live for. If you don't have anything to fight for, you got nothing to live for. And that's where we are. And the Holy Spirit of God is laying this fight right out in front of us. Put that picture of Davy back up there. What kind of grandpa leaves this spiritual Luciferian war to that little guy? That little guy right there has never stepped foot the first day inside a government school. Never will. Why would you ask yourself this? Knowing that the government schools have been seized by the enemy, why would anybody ever send their child to the enemy to be trained? Can somebody explain that to me? And how the average American doesn't even get it, doesn't even realize what's happened to us? That everything that David is standing there with his little salute, everything that is in his heart is, from his perspective, worth fighting for. Not transgenderism, not abortion, not a woman's right to screw. No, 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 no. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. We don't even train, we don't even mention our children to our children. Christians don't even mention to their children anymore about their obligation to stand and defend the kingdom of God. We don't even get it. We had adults don't even get it. We have we don't have no understanding. Walking through that cemetery, those little nutter butters right hanging on to my hand, listening to every word I had to say carrying their own little American flags. And here we sit in an America that the enemy's doing everything he can to overthrow. And we don't even care. Oh, we care. As long as there's peace in my day, right? As long as there's peace in my day. And most of us really, we don't have anything we can do except speak up. We won't even do that for the most part. We don't even really want to speak up. Somebody might get angry at us. They take all this Luciferian crap and cram it down our throats and put it on television and put it in our media and do everything they can to, if you are raising your child or your grandchild with Christian values like that little guy on the screen, the you know the Bible says that you're making them a prey. Do you guys know that it says that? The Bible says you're making them a prey. Because you're training them with righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost, and the world is 987% against them. And when all the finger pointing starts, it starts with the little Davies of the world. You guys are the ones that are wrong. You guys are the wrong. And I saw yesterday that if you, if your children aren't spiritually converted, Deeply, spiritually converted by the age of 13, you probably don't have them. And if you're sending them to Sunday school where they're still coloring pictures of Noah's Ark and, and the rainbows, and you're not training them to understand that they're in a spiritual war. Say, so how, how, how do you train a little five-year-old, a little six-year-old that he's in a spiritual war? He's no, that little guy there knows it. He doesn't understand the intricacies of it. But he understands that he has an obligation to obey and follow the Lord. He understands that. He understands that there's a thing that's right and there's a thing that's wrong, and it's not an opinion, and he has an obligation to follow that which is right and to oppose that which is wrong. Not I'm okay, you're okay, if it feels good, do it. The religion passed down through the hippie generation, me, you, passed down to us, and then somehow transferred to our children, and then into our grandchildren. And I've been pondering all day, yesterday, took him out on the boat. What kind of of guy am I? 
How did, how, how did we become, how did our police officers just become obedient little soldiers? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. My buddy Chet Gallagher, you've never heard me talk about Chet Gallagher. He's a former uh, Las Vegas police captain. He had a, he had a, he had a big job, Chet did. About 30 years ago, and it is called the abortion protest at uh, at the local killing mill there in Las Vegas. And Chet shows up with a bunch of soldiers, soldiers because there was a rescue going on or a blockage of the clinic going on. And Chet Chet shows up. It's the first time he'd ever been to one. He's a, he's the he's the lead officer, and he gets a direction from commander on the walkie-talkie to arrest him. And Chet said, well, we can't arrest them. They're chained together, whatever it was. It doesn't matter. You go in there and you clear that, you arrest them. And Chet said he stood back. He looked at the moms and the pops. Those people were sitting there, our elbows locked together, chained together. And he told his captain, you're going to get somebody else. I won't do that. You know what I just said? Chet said, you're going to have to get somebody else, Captain. I won't do that. Boom. Cost him his job. Blindly following orders. Understanding not, friends, that the police, their job is to protect and defend us from the government, not to protect the government from us. It's been flipped on our head. Do any of you feel good when a cop pulls you over? Is he pulling you over to see if he can help you? Is that what he's doing? He's there coming to enforce. I know, Chad. I know, Chad. I said, how can anybody be a state cop and give people tickets? How can you walk up to a guy and give him a $150 ticket for driving too fast? Never got it. Never understood it. So the rest of the guy's going too slow, will you? Anyway, I'm losing the subject. <clears throat> I want to play this for you. Really struck me again this morning. Say it's uh, the second thing there. Uh, got hey, got some bad words. Okay, got some bad words. By the by the way, before I play this, because some of you will be offended because he's gonna he's gonna say the f word. Some of you that hold your ears. You're more offended by that than your baby's being slaughtered. You're more offended by somebody singing the F word than the fact they're teaching your grandchild how to. Amen, coach. Butt sex. Butt sex with his college roommate. You know, I'm telling you the truth. We got, we got holy, righteous, outraged, wrong crap. So this came to my heart this morning. And it's funny because Michelle slept in a little bit better than I came out. And uh, this song was playing, and you know, she said to me, "No, you're not. I'm not the only one." Go ahead, play that, Spence. Can't hear it. Am I the only one here tonight? Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Who thinks of taking all the good we got And turn it back Hell, I'll be damned I think I'm turning into my old man Am I the only one Willing to bleed Take a bullet for being free Screaming what the fuck at my TV For telling me Yeah, you're telling me For my love, the red and white and the blue 
statue coming down in a town near Watching the threads of old glory come undone Watching the threads of old glory come undone Am I the only one not brainwashed Making my way through the land of the lost Who still gives a shit and worries about his kids As he try to undo all the things he did Am I the only one who can't take no more screaming If you don't like it, there's the fucking door This ain't the freedom we've been fighting for It was something more yeah, or something more Am I the only one Willing to fight For my love of the red and white And the blue Burning on the ground Another statue coming down In a town near Watching the threads of old glory Come on Not the only one. No, you're not. No, you're not. I can't be the only one. Am I the only one who quits singing along every time they play a Springsteen? Not the only one. That's why I want to do the event at uh, Sky High on the uh, uh, this Sunday coming up. Uh, Sunday at six o'clock to eight o'clock. I probably need to. I need to uh, promote it a little bit more, folks. We got to get organized, and we have to get organized as Christ people. Where do we go from here? The only hope we have. Is Christ's people. I saw it yesterday at the cemetery, at the Memorial Day. I saw it yesterday. We just have we just have timid, passive, brainwashed people. That's what we that that's what we've raised. That if you it's it's whack a mole. If you stand for something or believe for anything and you put your head above the crowd, you get whacked. I don't care what it is, unless it's some type of deviant behavior or deviant position. Then you're okay. Then they make you mayor. Then they make you city councilman. But if you happen to be just a God-fearing man who pops his head up and says, I don't want that crap. Talk to my children. You get whacked. Some people get whacked. Whack a Christian. That's what it is. I'm sick of it because we far outnumber people yesterday liked the shirt. Now they whispered it. They whispered it. But they liked the shirt. I wonder how many others liked the shirt and didn't say it for fear of whack-a-mole. 
I want to play one more thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna open it up. Uh, number two there, Patton. You guys know why General Patton lost his? That was a good playing that speech yesterday. Really touched me. Really reminded me. But you guys know why uh, Patton lost his speech or lost his job, right? Why? Eisen- See, Patton should have been Eisenhower. Patton was was Eisenhower. Patton was Douglas MacArthur. Patton was whack a general because he was the old school. He was the old school America before we started worrying about people's feelings and saying the wrong thing and offending somebody. What's just two minutes and 41 seconds? This is what got Patton fired. Can't hear it. Nerves, sir. I, I, I just can't stand the shelling anymore. <laughs> Your nerves? Well, hell, you're just a goddamn coward. Shut up! We'll have a yellow bastard sitting here crying in front of these brave men who've been wounded in battle. this yellow bastard. Nothing wrong with him. We won't have sons of bitches who are afraid to fight stinking up this place of honor. You're going back to the front, my friend. You may get shot, you may get killed, but you're going up to the fighting. Either that or I'm going to stand you up in front of a firing squad. I ought to shoot you myself, you goddamn bastard. Get him out of here. Send him up to the front. You hear me? You goddamn coward! I won't have cowards in my army. Amen. Wow. Huh? Think how the mighty have fallen in America, right? That was I guess that I guess that was the beginning of Political correctness, right there. Let me let, let me show you. Let, let me show you another hero today. Before before we go any further, part of the problem. Bring up number one there for me, Kim Spence. Sarah Brady. We've had Sarah. <clears throat> We've had Sarah on our. Uh, do you have it on the Facebook page? Go, just go to my. Just go to my, my Go to my Facebook page. Should be on my Facebook page. <clears throat> Sorry, man. Thought I sent it to you, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> right there. Where is it? Go up a little bit. It should be above that, Spence. No? There it is. Right there it was, right below, right below, right below that guy. <clears throat> right below. Click on that. It says Sarah Brady. Yeah. <laughs> we'll circle back around. I want you to see this though. I want you to read down below. Go below. Right here. Right there. Can you make that a little bigger for me? Sarah Brady's going to court today. You know who Sarah Brady was? She was the she was the mom that showed up, took her kids out to, to the to the park, a city park during COVID, got arrested. We know the story, right? So Sarah says there's an in-person hearing tomorrow. That's today. Over two years, April 20th, 2020, I took my kids to a play date. And when officers arrived, I protested in an open legal area of the park, the arbitrary closure of the playground, and I was told to leave. Even though I was in compliance with lawful conditions imposed on access to the open park, the officer seemed like he needed to take someone to jail because he said, I'm giving you five seconds. Remember, officer, 
against the people. I don't think they actually arrest. I didn't think they'd actually arrest someone who wasn't touching the play equipment, who's just standing there, not breaking any law. Fine, arrest me. Do it. He followed through with his arbitrary arrest in an open park. Still not sure why I was arrested since I wasn't breaking the law or in a closed area of the park. I was charged with trespassing, failure to depart. I hired my first lawyer. Scroll on down, please. He fired me a month later. Starting one of the re- stating that one of the reasons is your refusal to re- waive your right to a speedy trial. Why would anyone in their right mind waive their speedy trial right? And unless you need more time to prepare your case, but I didn't. I never expected the consequences of that day to carry on further than speedy trial, which is six months. But because of COVID, the Idaho Supreme Court judges declared courts to be dangerous. So not only was it my first trial date, was my first trial date set for February 2021 suspended, the second trial date set for August of 2021 was also suspended, at which point I had already paid $18,000 in legal fees. For going to a park with your kid. Let's not forget, we can go to Walmart, Costco, the rights to a speedy trial, eh, that's no longer essential. When I realized the courts would be putting me on ice again the second time, I came to the conclusion of pouring money down an endless hole while the judge was paid, the state of Idaho prosecutor was paid, my attorney was being paid, that I was the only one on that financial disadvantage. I was not only making money, I was not only not making money on this setup, I was going to spend another indeterminate, ungodly amount of money just to sit. Sit and wait. Did you know that if 25 out of 100,000 residents in Ada County tested positive or had a probable case, jury trials would be suspended? 25 people. They found 25 people who tested positive for COVID. They suspended jury trials. So if your neighbor has the sniffles and went in and they thought maybe it was COVID, or your coworker was caught, was doing weekly COVID testing because they refused to get a vaccine, maybe you needed to fly to your grandmother's funeral and they require a COVID test as a result. You get my point, she says? I knew it would be a long time before they opened up trials again. I'm not amazing at math, but I'd had enough common sense to see where this whole thing was going. I really didn't want to, but I asked my third lawyer to step down. Not because she wasn't presenting my case, well, because I couldn't afford to pay indefinite attorney fees. Who can? So I filed pro se to represent myself. Not because I thought I knew better than the lawyer. Simply because the courts were extorting money out of me. By having me to need legal representation in denying my right to speedy trial, I was offered a public defender. (laughs) Do you think I'd actually trust a lawyer from the same system who is violating my rights over and over? Did you know you may have to pay their legal fee if you lose your case in trial? So August 2021 came and went. September and October and November and December. Now it's January 22. I was offered a pretty good deal by the state of Idaho during mediation. Just plead guilty to the citation. Pay $50 and the ruse is over. Two years of stress and heartache. Gone. Done. If only I said I was guilty to the charge of trespassing. So I said, nope. I told the mediator judge how the process has become the punishment. How even if I wanted to go to trial that day, they still wouldn't give it to me. I asked the judge, how much more blood could they squeeze out of me? 50 bucks? Do you know how tempting that was? $50 and it would all be over? The endless Zoom hearings? We're sorry we weren't able to offer you a trial date. It was like they were Texas Roadhouse, and they were out of rolls. I just couldn't do it. My innocence isn't for sale, and certainly not for 50 bucks. 
Can you see why speedy trial is so important? I never really understood until I was the target of the state of Idaho. But guess what? Tomorrow, today, for the first time in two years, I'll be going to the court status hearing in person at the Ada County Courthouse. And I've met and hired a wonderful law firm who thankfully picked up my case. They worked on the baby Cyrus case. I'm so lucky. They've blown me away. They've done more work in a month than all the other lawyers put together. So I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious. Who's coming with me to see a judge, my judge, for the first time after two years tomorrow, today? I'm so excited. Pray for Sarah Brady today. This lady's a warrior. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open it up here just a second. I, w- I wrote one more thing down here. <clears throat> I want you to think about this, if you could. Uh, Joe Biden got 81 million ballots, folks. He didn't get 81 million votes. Those aren't the same. You understand that? And then you understand that in the United States of America, if they had evidence that I was selling marijuana out of my house, I'd already be arrested. But there's hard, solid evidence that cheating took place in the election and not one person's been arrested yet. They want to wipe it under the table. Did you know there's a new video coming out uh, July 15th, I think it is. Maybe it's June 15th. That's going to expose that our election processes, our entire election processes, aren't even controlled by America anymore. Foreign operatives. Say, Coach, what are you talking about this today? Because I'm telling you this, the worm's about to turn, boys and girls. The worm's about to turn. And we're going to come down to the point where we're going to find out, am I the only one? Are you the only one? Because if we don't get unified and stand up for, for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, which is the kingdom of God, and push back against this Luciferian opposition that we're facing, if Christian men and Christian women don't step to the plate now, You know who's going to suffer? Put that little guy back up there. Amen. That's what it's about, boys and girls. It ain't about me. My 501, 401k, my retirement account, my sky high, my house down and wherever. My pontoon boat. It ain't about any of that. It's about little Davy. Amen. All right, come on, in. come on in, Reggie. Thanks, Coach. You were talking about basically cowards and lions. You know, we have a really big household. We have a lot of children. We have adult children and a lot of grandchildren. And we've always been a close family. But now I realized it's 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 hard to accept. But it's um, my attitude, Dennis's attitude. It has drawn a line in our own family and. Yep. Some of our children have chosen to be on the other side uh, because of our constant fight and they don't like it because it's a continuous reminder and it convicts their souls. It convicts them. They don't want to, to acknowledge or embrace what's happening. So they've chosen to go on the other side. And with that came a very, very clear line drawn because they are on the attack now we're like the opposition so that's like heartbreaking people need to understand this is going to happen yesterday dennis was driving um riding the lawnmower sorry and i was in the kitchen so i could see out and i saw a neighbor so our neighbors are kind of far away we all have acreage but i can see them because there's the the road there and i didn't know what was going on but i saw dennis drive the lawnmower up he had motioned i guess to him never talked to this man he's been there we've been here two years and um, they're Biden supporters, but it came down. My husband flies the appeal to heaven flag and the United States American flag upside down up in a huge post in our front of yard. And I asked him what happened. He said, oh, he wanted to know if I was in distress. And I said, that SOB knows damn well you're not in distress. He was being passive aggressive and needed to make a statement. And Dennis goes, no, our country's in distress. And he goes, I don't think so. And he walks off. 
I'm like, okay, so right now that clearly, like, I know I have a shit list. Some people go on it. Some people don't. He's on my shit list. I will not trust him. I, I already know that he had to make that a point to come yeah. to my husband. He drew that line. And I'm like, okay, nope, you don't need any sugar or cream. <laughs> <laughs> but so. you're supposed to be loving and Christian turn to love your enemies, right? I know lines oh, and I know which side I'm on. Amen. Amen. I'm on David's side. I'm not on that guy's side. Myra, then Paul. Yes, Coach. Uh, we're reading Jude 3. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was one for all delivered to the saints. Hallelujah. Earnestly contend for the faith. I'm going to. I'm going to continue to. Dr. Paul and Jeff. I have to say I'm uh, uh, grateful for a lot of things. It's been seven months, and uh, my Pam Popper, as you know, is uh, supporting this. She said she she's willing to put a million dollars into this thing, okay, if it yeah. goes any higher in the courts. And so I'm in a good position, but I get it. I mean, it's it's hard. I lose focus. I don't know. I don't have any purpose at the point. So I'm uh, – I'll be seeing you this coming up weekend. See what I can Good. figure out. So, so Paul, understand this, folks. I, listen, are you going to, folks? I, I was telling Michelle, we were driving to the boat yesterday. I think it's when I told her. I said, uh, everywhere I look, every, you listen to me. Every problem that I have that keeps me awake, that I concerns me, every one of them is related to the government. Somebody say, Amen. Anybody, anybody disagree with me? Amen. Every one of them, every one of them related to the government and what will the government do? Everything that concerns me. Something wrong. Something wrong. I'm going to read you something here in a second. Jeff and then Naomi. Coach, I was just sitting here thinking this morning when you were showing all this. Little Davey and all the kids you said to parade. We had 150 kids at the Danville Parade come to the truck it says ice cream for jesus on this truck 150 kids to come and get that ice cream so we got to stand and you watch them little kids in their uniforms and they were all took their hats off you heard the coaches say get your hats off and they got their hats off and damn had six or seven hundred people at that parade at that Good ceremony they played, they played taps some guy on the bagpipes played amazing grace they opened and closed with prayer it was great and there was the ice cream for jesus truck i come mm. home in the afternoon, I'm sitting here, and it was a great day. But we're like, then that was fantastic. And then Mary Jane comes home and says, you ain't going to guess what the neighbor said, Tom. I said, what did Tom say? Far left liberal Democrat. Uh, him and I smoked pot together at 17 years old on a high state <laughs> campus. You know what I mean? Here he is still smoking pot. We've all lived on the street for 30 years. I live with all liberal Democrats. Black Lives Matter signs on this road. My flag's upside down. On my 20-foot flagpole in my front yard with an eagle at the bottom with a spotlight on it, he's begging Mary Jane, begging her. He said, Mary Jane, please, can you turn your flag over? She said, it is. He said, no, Mary Jane, can you turn it over, please? We've lived here a long time. We've been friends. She said, Tom, it is turned over. She, he kept asking her like six times, begging her. And she finally, and he said, she told him why. He said, Mary Jane, America's not in distress. I said, you notice the coward didn't come to me. He came to my yeah. wife. It's yeah. like, you coward. Yeah. America's not in distress. <laughs> like he would know. Naomi. Tim and I went to Noah's Ark last Friday. And I got this shirt that I'm wearing that's pretty much 24-7 my skin now. And it says, Faith Like Noah. And I tell you what, these shirts open up so much conversation. And what I'm asking people when they say, I like your shirt, I say, what God are you trusting, big G God or little G God? And that mm. opens up so many conversations. Wow. Amen. Amen. Amen, Naomi. Jack, then Roger. And then I want to share something with you. Go ahead, Jack. Yeah, Coach, early in the show you were talking about the idea that we don't even know what we're fighting for. We haven't had it. We haven't known what we were fighting for since the end of World War II. And yeah. you know, there's a there's a disease for that name. They named it because when you don't know what you're fighting for, you end up with PTSD. 
Oh, well, that's right. Just uh, battling against the air. That's all you're doing, punching the air, right? And Paul warned us about that, did he not, folks? Beating the air, beating the air. We don't even know what, huh, what the hell are we doing in Ukraine? Did you guys see this? The Ukraine basically has admitted they can't win. Uh, do we get our money back? Do we get our $40 billion back? I wonder, is that, is that coming back to us? Roger? You know, Dave, gonna, I had to, I, They're uh, going to pay you to, back in adrenochrome, Coach. Yeah, they will. I, uh, I went to the Indy 500 over the weekend. It was kind of a bucket list thing I've been wanting to do. And I, what I saw, I did see tremendous amount of, of a form of patriotism. Yeah. A form of loving the country and so forth. But I often wondered the next step for this patriotism. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They, they love yeah. their country. They like their draft beer. Uh, they like cheering on a, a race car. They love their country. The jets flying over, and all, it, 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 there's this love of America in a group like that, three hundred thousand. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't know the next step. Do they know what it is? Are they willing to take the next step? Controlled freedom, um, Roger. Controlled freedom, man. Huh? It, 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 well, that that's I've not thought of that terminology, but it 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 is a controlled freedom that I saw. I liked it. It made you feel good. But imagine if those 300,000 people went to the street and walked downtown to the state house there. It'd be over. It, they, they wouldn't know how to handle 300,000 people. Roger, it happened in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, didn't it? Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed that race. I can't think of any more boring than sitting there watching cars go around the circle, but God bless you. Well, the experience, the experience would be worth it. Yeah, the experience. The first, sure. the first 20 miles were great. The last 15 laps were great. The in-between is kind of you know, interesting. Are we there yet? That's what I'd be asking if I was, if I was at the, the end. Are we there yet? How many more times they got to go around? Are we there yet? Go ahead, Jack. And then get ready. Uh, Spence, get number three ready for me. Hey, hey, Roger, I got an answer for you, buddy. They love being in love with patriotism. They don't yeah. know the deeper meaning. They love loving America. They don't know what it is to love America. No, I, I, I that's, that's what I saw, mm. this, this love of the country, but that next step, what to do, um, that's what I saw. Amen. Guys and girls, I was, I was prompted by the Lord today, I think it's by the Lord, to pull up the, the text of the Declaration of Independence today. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, too, but I want to read, read part of it. Make that first paragraph a little bit bigger, if you could. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth a separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitled them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Are, are you following this, folks? So we're, not, we're just not throwing this thing off, but uh, we're, we're filing a complaint here. We're filing a complaint. And they file the complaint. We hold these truths to be self-evident. We know whatever it was. But here's, here's what really struck me. Scroll down there a little, a little bit, uh, uh, Spencer. He has re- Right there, right there's a good place to start. Listen to this, folks, and ask yourself if we are not in 1776 redo. Is this not a do-over? And every time you see king, just substitute government. The history of this present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having a direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. (laughs) Well, wake up! So he says, here's what he's done. He's refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. Talking about the government now. Government's forbidden governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance unless suspended in their operation until his assent should be attained. Got to get approval of the Supreme Court. And when so suspended, he's utterly neglected to attend them. He's refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people. And thus, those people would relinquish their right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. 
He's called together legislative bodies of places unusual. And the, the Klaus Schwab, we're dealing with Klaus Schwab. He is, uh, I lost my, he's called together legislative bodies of places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into the compliance with his measures. He's dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness, with manly firmness his invasion of the rights of the people. He's refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected where the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The states remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions from within. Is this America 2022? He's endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose of obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners. Open the borders, refusing to pass others to encourage their migration hither and raising the conditions of new appropriation of lands. He's obstructed the administrative justice by refusing assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He's made judges dependent on his will alone. For the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries, he's erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of offices to harass the people and eat out their substance. Isn't that what, isn't that what Sarah Brady just read? He's kept among us in times of peace standing armies. They're called cops without the consent of our legislators. He's affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. The military soon to be used against the people. Come on, folks. He's affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He's combined with others to subject us to jurisdictional foreign to our constitution. What? He has combined with others to do that and acknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to the acts of pretended legislation. Laws that aren't really laws, they just tell us there are. Put on a mask, social distance, don't go here, don't go there, don't open your business. Pretended legislation. Recording large bodies of army troops among us for protecting them by mock trials for punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of a trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for other pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of the English laws in neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, enlarging in boundaries as to render it one an example and fit instrument we're introducing the same absolute rules into these colonies. We're taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, altering fundamentally the forms of our government for suspending our own legislation, declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases. They legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. Washington, D.C. is against the people. He's plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed our the lives of our people. He is, at this time, transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy scarcely parallel in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He's constrained our fellow citizens, January 6th, taking captive on the high seas to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, to fall themselves by their hands. He's excited domestic insurrections amongst us. Wow, folks. He's endeavored to bring out, bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. And in every stage of this oppression, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Mm. 
nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We've warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislator to extend an unwarranted jurisdiction over us. We've reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We've appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we've conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow the usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They, too, have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war and in peace, our friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of American General Congress, assembled appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the restitute of our intentions, due in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these United States are and right ought to be free and independent states, that they're absolved from all allegiance to the British crown and all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, that as free and independent states, they have the full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may have right do. With the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? History repeating itself. Signed by order on behalf of the Congress, John Hancock, President. We've been here before. Jeff? Coach, just to let everybody know, we got a warrior pastor coming to town tonight to speak about this kind of stuff, how the government's against us. Pastor Neil Peterson running for governor of Ohio. We got the tent set up at <laughs> 6 o'clock tonight in Mount Vernon, Ohio at J.C.'s Autos. He's going to just drop the hammer. We got... We've got a lot of good people saying they're coming. We'll see if they show up. But we're gonna wake up people. We're gonna wake, we gotta wake up people. We gotta wake up Christians and get them out Man. of the Republican Party. We gotta get. We gotta get Christians. Come on in, Dale. Yeah, brother. A lot. A lot of people in the world today, or I should say, let's just say, in America, they want the peace of the King, but not the King of Kings. They want the Rodney <laughs> King. Can't we all just get along, right? Coach, that was powerful. The first thing that came to me, and listen, it's not just about the T-shirts, what's inside the T-shirt that counts. The T-shirt, man, I don't care what the uh, camouflage design, 1776, 2.0. 1776, 2.0. Hey, that's what's coming upon it. Hey, put put Davey back up there. This motivates me every day. I keep my my grandkids... Oops, my grandkids are on the phone. Whoops, they're on the they're on the screen of my phone. My grandkids, huh? What kind of grandpa? What kind of grandpa leaves a mess like this to his children? Yeah, Jeff. Coach, what we're going to do this morning? We've got a plan. Neil's going to be rolling in here about ten a.m. this morning. Our first stops. We're jumping in that ice cream truck. And we're calling it the chariot. We are going to the county commissioner's office. We're walking in. We're going to the courthouse next door, walking in. Then we're going to the veteran's office. And these people are going to meet Neil. You know, we're going in these places all over the county, just letting people know the tent is up. Come on down. Amen. Amen. I was just reminded by, uh, maybe we can find it real quick, Spencer. Let's see how quick you are. It's my turn now. See if you can find that YouTube video. It's my turn now. It's my turn now. It's my turn now. It's my turn to give my life away. What's Stephen Curtis chatting? There it is. It's my, my, there it is. Going on down, on down. There he is. My turn right there. My turn. Well, it's. Yep. Wait. My turn now. Yes, it's my. My turn now. Hey. My turn to give my life away. I can't believe the things I've read I don't deserve what he did for me He gave his love and his life away Now he's asking me to do the same So I'm gonna give him all I am 
But it's my turn now. My turn now. My turn to my life. See you tomorrow.